Whose lips have been on this? to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast, where I am your host, Perry, and that's not how I normally start that, but that's okay, because I'm tired and it's early. <laughs> it's Friday. It's good to do it differently. It is Friday, and I would like to welcome to the show two wonderful guys from a wonderful company out of Kentucky. It's Brad and Chris from Liquor Barn. Hey, guys. Hey. How are you? Good to doing be here. <laughs> Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're, uh, we're hanging out in your brand new store in Louisville, Kentucky. Brand new store here in Springhurst Town yes. Center. I think people... Have you had a chance to walk around? I have, yeah. I, I got here a little bit early so I could check yeah. out some of, the, some of the new digs, and it is killer. That bar up front, wow. <laughs> That's my, I think it's the coolest part, and also the humidor, I think, is really cool. It's the appropriate size. It's... Fully stocked, full of some pretty good sticks that our cigar uh, fire through in there. I love this store from the floors to the lighting to the layout. Uh, the bourbon set is pretty cool, kind of different for us. Uh, it's a little more compact and powerful than what we've done, and we went through a lot of uh, hand wringing over what would actually. We knew what would fit, how many how many generic bottles would fit in here. Right. So we had to go through a humongous list of what we used to sell <laughs> and some other stores. Try to try to fine tune what we're carrying. So I'm I'm fairly excited about it. Uh, I think we talked a second ago about it. Is I, if you know if we did another one of these in the next four or six months, I'm sure there would be some tweaks, but minor tweaks. Sure. I think I think the team did a pretty good job. Everyone involved from design to filling it yeah. to the the guy. I have to say, a lot of the guys in in the store today killed themselves over a good week to get this store open early. And then uh, i got to give a shout-out to Brian Booth, the uh, general manager here in Louisville. He literally murdered himself over the last three months, closing literally. down the old store. Uh, yes, we thought he was ready to call it a <laughs> call it a, not just a career, but a life. Um, I don't think anybody anticipated what getting out of one store and into a store even four doors down was going to be. So he and his guys did a great job. I can't say enough about what they did here. I think my part of it was easy. Uh, Chris's part of it was harder. He had to deal with a lot of the contractors and that fun stuff. But the ops team here in Louisville really killed it on this one. Yeah, and, and how long has this particular store been in development? You know, it's a really short time frame. Yeah. People don't know how fast this happened. It all happened in about 90 days. Wow. And anyone who's familiar with, you know, commercial construction... You typically are building it in 90 to 100 days. Sure. Uh, let alone the, I mean, the design process, the, the planogram process, the moving, uh, the construction all took place within 90 days. It's, it's pretty amazing that it happened that quickly. I can't imagine the amount of stress that went into <laughs> that quick of a turnaround, too. I mean, from inception to hiring to building to stocking, I mean, that just blows me away and I, I i mean seriously i would probably be killing myself too <laughs> towards the end of it thinking that this was gonna go wrong or something would you know 
crash and burn at one point. Well, but you got you got to realize the old Springhurst store had been there for twenty. It's not exact twenty five years. Sure, it had twenty five years of shelving and displays and little pieces here and little pieces there. Uh, so they had, I think, a bigger job to get rid of that than anybody realized. And again, Brian Booth and those guys uh, really did a number on it. So yeah, we thought we thought we'd move in about a week. And about two weeks before the move started, I I told Brian, I said, I don't think that's going to happen in a week. I think you're going to need to get started now just in case. And and we'd started that, and we barely got done in time. So, I mean, if you can just imagine 40,000 or 43,000 square feet, and you're moving into a sales floor of 18,000 square feet. Yeah. And moving those bottles to all the different stores – keeping the bottles that we're moving here. I mean, you just really don't, you don't know what you don't know until you do it. <laughs> right. When you start packing up <laughs> thousands of bottles, individual bottles, yeah. even though it's going down just a few spaces, um, it, was, it was pretty insane. And to Brad's point, you know, 20 plus years in the same space, we filled dumpsters before. Every year <laughs> we filled dumpsters from that store of just old displays, sure. old shelves, old fixtures that we don't use anymore. Right. And you think you keep cleaning it out, and then you finally have to move and clean everything out, and you're finding stuff that you're like, Jesus, I, I have no <laughs> idea where this came from. How old is this thing? There was actually some pretty cool stuff we found. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like what? I mean, some of the, some of the cigar fixtures. We had cigar clocks. Yeah, from Fuente and Oliva and some of the major wow. companies that that had been just in stashed upstairs. Really cool little clocks sure. and plaques and things like that. Um, we had more barrels, more <laughs> used barrels than we knew what to oh, do with. Man. I will tell you, I was um, at uh, Fortaleza <clears throat> Distillery in Mexico on Monday night, and I am certain—it's not a guess—I am certain, probably sixty to ninety days ago, the Springhurst store had more barrels there than that distillery had full of Reposado and Añejo. It's actually what I thought. I was sitting there looking. I was like, I'm pretty sure Springhurst has more barrels than this actual <laughs> distillery has. It was crazy. But it, it was a lot of fun, though, too. I mean, it was hard work. Yeah, I, I've sure. Never, I've never, uh, you know, over the years, Brian and I both have done some big projects together before at other companies, and, and there's nothing that ha- has been this big ever. Sure. So it was... It was uh, interesting. A lot of fun. We're glad it's over. Um, we're still fine-tuning the new store. Sure. Um, yeah. But I think overall, it's 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 in really great shape. I love the Rick House here in the middle of the store. Yeah, I think people I think are going to love that. Yeah. Um, and those are actually repurposed, you know, barn barn wood Rick House beams. That's amazing. So and and those those bourbon barrels, those half barrels up front. Our actual real actual barrels. Ones you, oh, and it was man. great when they first to put those in. This is cool when they first put them in. It smelled very strong, like the, like a bourbon barrel would sure. that's been freshly cut and sure. open. Yeah. And that whole rickhouse actually smelled like an actual rickhouse, <laughs> like you were like you were out of the distillery walking into a rickhouse. It was really pretty cool. I think it's worn off a little bit now. Yeah. It's been opened. It's aired out. But when it when they first put those up, it was actually really neat. That yeah. A bourbon shop smelled like bourbon. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty. So. Cool. Brad, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but you you mentioned that you kind of condensed your stock of bourbon in this store. Well, actually, not necessarily. To, to, not necessarily. <laughs> so it, it's, it looks like it at least. We cut everything except bourbon. I have to expand on that a little bit. 
And so the shelf space, the actual shelf space for bourbon in this store is 20% more than the shelf space that Springhurst had. Really? What happened is as the store was sort of having its last breaths at the old location, the, the team let some of these brands run out, and they were mostly regional craft, mm-hmm. uh, American craft whiskeys or American craft malt or you know things like Pine Barrens single malt or 13th Colony bourbon from uh, Iowa, uh, that type of stuff. So I think what's happening is the team, I know I talked to him yesterday, is going back around and figuring out some of the things that may not have made it over here because of running out of stock. We opened early, so we missed a few deliveries. So some of the smaller guys around, uh, Kentucky Eagle Spirits, River City Spirits, Heritage Spirits, that have some of the more interesting, smaller production uh, craft whiskeys have been coming back in the last few days. And I think over the next week or two, we'll be filling some of those slots back in. All the heavy hitters are here. We, we ran out of some things early because, again, we opened early and had some delivery sure. uh, timing issues. But I think in the next two to three weeks, you should see us filling back some of those smaller holes. Good, good. Well, unfortunately, too, you, that this is coming out after your big grand opening release. Right. But um, you do have one coming up in a couple of days. Er, excuse me, tomorrow. 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 Yes. Yeah. Tomorrow morning. It's a, it's a, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, the list. And this is not what we usually do. Usually it's a lot of one type of bottle or, or several, five kinds. It, this list is a mile, mile long and an inch deep. And so don't take an inch deep the wrong way, but it's, I I felt (laughs) like it was a little more kind of cool and maybe celebratory to have just a plethora of the different things, you know, Angels Envy cast, Four Roses 130, the different Van Winkles, just a handful a small handful of 2017 BTAC. So small handful of 2017 Van Winkle, yeah. a few bottles of King of Kentucky, a few bottles of Blade Bow 22. I mean, so we, we tried to layer in a lot of different uh, allocated items that people like to get their hands on. Right. And, and, you know, we've talked before too off air, the three of us about the way that you guys approach your customer service and the way that you approach you know, what products you provide sure. to your customers. And I think that that is a really good indication of how you guys, you know, differentiate yourselves from other stores that may be open in this region. We try to. It's not always popular. There's always, um, <laughs> there's always some dissenters. But, I, you know, I, the more, the longer I do this, the more I look at it. I understand where a lot of people are coming from. And it's, it's just not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do. I saw a, a, a pretty good debate on Facebook yesterday and the day before if somebody didn't like the lottery and several people chimed in with why the lottery was good. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think they won that guy over. But uh, there's, there's a guy who um, he used to be anti-lottery who moved away to, I think it's Texas. And now I was like, man, I wish I could have a lottery. I wish I could get one of these lotteries. So it's not exact, and you never make everyone we've settled with, you never make everybody happy. So we just try to do our best and try to take care of our customers and try to take care of the people who show up. So it's not easy, but we try. Sure, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's pour a little something. Yes. Because um, we inadvertently, Chris and I brought the same bottle of Blanton's, uh, which was a liquor barn store pick. And uh, mine has been open for a while. Uh, it's about two-thirds of the way empty. Um, but 
Chris is Chris is a Brand fresh new. crack. Chris is gonna break the seal. Yeah. Breaking the seal. And it's got shiny wax and everything. <laughs> I'm excited for this. I I don't think I've I ever am done too. it. Kind of it, it, it kind of piqued my interest pretty quick. That uh, so yours has been open how long? I uh, well this was from last year. Yeah. So this has probably been open since about October of last year. So it's been open. It's got a little oxygen to it. It's probably still really good. It is. This yeah. one's unopened. It might be interesting to see what the differences yeah. are, or if you, or if one is just more muted than the other. Sure. I say we start with Chris's. I agree. Personally, um, and the, the seal is off. Let's see. Do, hold on. What is this? That's a T, I think. It's like an music. L. We got a T and an L. Yeah. I was hoping you twinsies would have both <laughs> letters the same. Our, our uh, bottles were a lot further off, too, than I was expecting. Mine was 217. Chris was 190. But anyway. Right, so 27 <laughs> bottles apart on the line. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's not even noon yet. Only in Kentucky. We that's drink, okay. We drink bourbon whenever we want, right? <laughs> Try to. I mean, it depends on, you know, what time tailgate is and everything on oh, yeah. Saturdays. But, um, speaking of uh, store picks, by the way, what's on the horizon for you guys with, uh, with store picks? Oh, man. Uh, you know, we kind of had a slower start this year because of the scheduling process has gotten so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this before, but I used to just be able to call and, hey, I'll be out there tomorrow. Sure, come out. Now, if you don't get in line, like if I don't start scheduling something probably the next month, it'll be April again before I can get in some of these places. We do have six four roses barrel proofs nice. in the tube. I think they're all arriving over the next I was told they would be here before Christmas, probably three, three in November, three in December. Uh, we've got quite a few uh, Knob Creek barrels still in the um, hopper. We did a uh, Bourbon Heritage Month selection at the Hamburg store in Lexington. Very nice. And we did a Bourbon Heritage Month selection at the Middletown store here in Louisville. Uh, two barrels from each setting. They're both 14 years old. Um, they've got some interesting names that we let the group pick uh out of that uh, they're going to be arriving in december one set has kind of a the set from lexington was fun uh they they have kind of a kentucky and a freedom thing mm-hmm. kind of theme to them because it was around september 11th uh kentucky had just beat florida so everybody in lexington <laughs> there was into the big blue and into 9-11 uh recognizing 9-11 and everything that happened there actually one's got a great name it's called kentucky freedom which That's I think awesome. 14-year Kentucky Freedom is pretty cool. Uh, the polar opposite happened in Louisville. We had a great pick, great barrels, and there was a young lady there who I'm going to have to put on uh, retainer for Knob Creek names because she was pretty hot. <laughs> she was pretty hot with the names, and both of those are Christmas names around Noel. Um, I thought it was pretty sharp, not too bad. Uh, of course, we still have... I think three to four more Sazerac shipments coming of Weller, Blanton's, and Buffalo Trace. Uh, we've got some more. Um, <clears throat> we've got some more makers barrels we did that are on their way that we did with the team from West Six. If you remember last year, we did some barrels with them, and they did an Imperial Oatmeal Stout in those barrels. Right. Uh, we picked. I want to say we did six or seven barrels that day. This has been a couple months ago, and I know West Six has already picked up those barrels. Good. And beer is already resting in them. I'm trying to remember what beer they put in. We had a good day that day. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say one. There's one called Schmerby Pie. Uh, <laughs> because it tasted like dirt. It had these kind of derby pie notes. 
and we weren't sure if the local pie. derby pie guys would sue us or not. So <laughs> <laughs> we went. The maker said, "Yes, don't call it that." So we went with Schmerby pie. <laughs> um, what else? We've got some Heaven Hill. We've got about eight Heaven Hill or Elijah Craig single barrels in the tube that should be coming say, out in the next. I just did those labels online yesterday. Mm-hmm. The proof showed up, so. Those could be here by Christmas. You never. I will say, Heaven Hill, it's usually 10 to 12 weeks, maybe 14. You sure. never know. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving some good stuff out. We do have, I do want to talk about, I did wedge in our trip to Mexico on Monday. Uh, we wedged in the Fortaleza trip just to do something cool while we were there. But the reason we were there is, part one is, we did the boomerang program. So there, there is tequila sitting in one of our Weller barrels. Wow. From last year. That's cool. And tequila sitting in one of our last Eagle Rare barrels from last year. They call it the Boomerang Program. That's awesome. We tasted both of those, and the decision was, should we bottle these, or should we just let them rest even longer? Uh, At one point, we thought, maybe we'll bottle one and let one keep going. They both are 13-month Añejos. Um, It was very interesting. Uh, Any of you like kind of barrel or barrel science? is the the 13-month Añejo that was in the Eagle Rare Barrel was much more subdued, a little more traditional aged repo, high-aged repo or Añejo. The Weller, which was, so let me back up, the Eagle Rare Barrels in that barrel program at the time were about 11, 11 and a half years, so mm-hmm. 11, 6, 11, 7. And the Weller is about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. And I thought the one that had been sitting in the Weller Barrel had a much more barrel to it and I thought the finish was great and mm-hmm. had a little more um, smoke and caramel and vanilla to it as a traditional Añejo would have sure. or whiskey drinking. So I said this one's kind of a whiskey drinker's uh, Añejo in a way. So it's pretty cool. Those are going to show up Christmas, January and there'll be a Core right. Zone Liquor Barn single barrel pick but they have these cool medallions now that'll say W.L. Weller, Eagle Rare, uh, we also have a repo in a Blanton's barrel and another repo in another Weller barrel that are sitting there at about six months right now. Mm-hmm. So we got to visit with those babies. We got to go kind of pat on our little children down there, look at them. They wouldn't let us taste them because if you know the rules, the CRT has to be there to witness you open a barrel and then witness you shut it back. Um, so not too bad. And we also did a 10-year, what they call Raisol, a 10-year extra in Yeho. Uh, that I believe had been in a Dickel barrel, which wow. I hadn't seen before. It was spectacular. Uh, that'll be here, I think, in February or March. So good stuff on its way there. Yeah. Um, Speaking of good stuff, yeah, I just took a sip of this Blanton's. This is this is Chris's Blanton's. And holy crap, the finish crap. on this is incredible. <clears throat> it's really great. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. You don't have you don't get any more. I'm gonna take the first time. taste of the day. <laughs> <laughs> the wow, first of many. man, that is good. It's that, rich. It's got a little mm-hmm. bit of cinnamon and oak to it. it. Sure does. And it's it's not too short. It's not short at all. It's not too long. And really, for my first drink of bourbon for the day, it went down fairly easy. Didn't give you the shivers. I don't know if it's because it was 40 degrees when I got in the car <laughs> this morning. Or maybe that's what it is. It just feels like bourbon weather today. How about this dang weather, though? I mean, it's perfect. This is what I've been hoping for. It's in been Kentucky. really nice. I was thinking <laughs> I was driving here from downtown today, and I was thinking that it was my car said it was forty-seven degrees. Uh, this was about an hour ago, but I noticed how green things still were. The leaves have yeah. not started changing. It's like, well, I can kind of deal with it. It was sunny and a little bit cool, but right. still kind of looks pre-fall. 
which to me is perfect bourbon weather. In fact, my wife sent Agreed. me a text that said, should we make a fire tonight? <laughs> like outside. This first thing I thought was yes. Answer is yes. That means bourbon drinking. Yes. My way, second drink, second sip. Mm, a little smoother now. Mm-hmm. Really opens up. It's great. I think the finish on this is the best part, personally. I, it's, it's good. Just as it kind of evolves into like a, it's almost like a snickerdoodle mm-hmm. flavor to it. It's very, very good. It's, yeah, it's a little sweeter than your typical Blanton's, mm-hmm. which is different. It's yeah. got almost a sweet aftertaste. It's a full mouthful, which you don't always get with the, the proof on this. So It's got a nice good. spice to it at the end, though. It's still sure. kind of hanging around, but it's not <clears throat> offensive. Mm-hmm. This is good. Yeah, definitely. This is good. Thanks for bringing that for me, Chris. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I, I say... Too, that we go ahead and pour a little bit of mine as well so we can have oh, yeah. them side by so, side. And, uh, Are we side by side? Mine's gone. We're going to sure have to hand that back over here. <laughs> that sounds like it was calculated. Maybe. <laughs> Perry, you learn things. I've been in the business over 20 years and you learn things. <laughs> People put something good in front of you, you drink it. That was all right. Um, so let's talk to a little bit about um, the season that we're in. Yeah. We're in bourbon season, of course. Hunting season, right? We're in hunting season, yeah. Um, also, I just want to say, let's do left is Chris's and right is mine. Okay. That's okay, just so we can keep everything straight. straight. Literally. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, you guys face an interesting challenge during this time of year, and that's customer supply and demand. Yeah. How do, you, how do you guys handle this time of year? Are you able to, you know, step back and go, it's just a couple of months, you know, it, it'll die down after a little bit, or is this just a very high-stress time for you? You know, believe it or not, we, we actually love this time of year. Well, good. <laughs> we, we love it for a lot of different reasons. First off, we love it. Brad and I know personally love it because we're enthusiasts as well. And so we're excited to get our hands on bottles. Yeah. Just like anybody else. Sure. By the way, if people think that our executives buy a, two cases of Pappy 23 and take it home, you're crazy. We don't. <laughs> we don't do that. Okay. Um, I mean, the you fact know, that we, you, I mean, you we, just we really limit it to what our employees can purchase. Right. And you just said, too, that you have some laying around from last year, sure. too, that you're, you know, giving people the opportunity to buy Absolutely. tomorrow. I mean, we thought there's going to be opportunities down the road. We know that we had a new stores coming up. We knew that the acquisition was going to happen. We knew that we're going to build a new store with the bar in it. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of different uses for it. And, um, yeah, I mean, we actually love this time of year. In fact, we spent about an hour and a half yesterday afternoon with our marketing uh, and by the way, our marketing team is one person. So if people think we have eight people in marketing <laughs> to do all this work they see, there's one person doing that. Sure. Um, and she's great. But, um, you know, we spent about an hour and a half <clears throat> going through what's, what are we going to do? You know, what's the timing? And the difficult part for Brad is, because I'm always pressing Brad for dates. Like, hey, we need, to, we need a date because she's got to get an email together. Sure. We've got to staff it. We've got to plan right. for it. We've got to market it properly. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when it's coming. And he really doesn't know. We, we know about a week to two weeks in advance tops. Yeah. So what we have done is created a calendar for the remainder of the year into the spring 
based on what we had last year and based on what we're forecasting and what the distributors are kind of telling us forecasting-wise what's coming. Um, and so we've got, I think, a pretty robust timeline and calendar of Good. events coming up for releases. And so mm -hmm. we actually love it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I mean, I think tomorrow is going to be great. I'm yeah. excited for people to see the new store. I'm excited for we're, we're excited for lotteries because we do think customer feedback has been overwhelmingly that's the way to do it. Um, there are a couple always. There's a couple old standbys are like, no, that's just that's terrible. But the vast majority prefers the lotteries, especially when it comes to very rare stuff. Yeah. So we're, we're doing a lottery tomorrow. We have Marianne Eves from Castle and Key here tomorrow, 11 to 1. She's, she and I are going to probably be personally mixing cocktails together and oh, serving oh, them. Oh, oh. So, um, that sounds terrible. Great. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible two hours of my time, right? So, um, and their, their liquids are great. Their vodka and their gin especially. I think their gin uh, spectacular. We're having a hard time keeping their gin on the shelves. I'm yeah. not into gin as much. It's always, it's, it's always uh, not treated me well. And Chris and I went out there <laughs> to do some barrels, and they took us into their little kind of hidden little cocktail room in the yeah. back there. And they made some gin cocktails that were out of sight. Yeah. Uh, so we tried it straight. We tried it in a cocktail. I thought they were, I, I mean, I literally had to stop and feel like, do I need to reassess gin in my life? <laughs> do, do I need another alcohol to become really obsessed with? It really is unique. It's a totally but it's different good. gin. Well, and, and I think, you know, I like this gin so much because I taste it and I go, oh, this is like the bourbon drinker's gin. And I don't know if that is because of the production or the mash bill or what because it has it has a very high rye content it's definitely higher rye yeah. a little more spice content and yeah. definitely more floral mm. oh absolutely so absolutely. yeah uh, which is why I th and i don't drink a lot of floral i don't type really stuff either. but yeah. that, I, that gin <laughs> is something that we were drinking at need on the rocks or i'm sorry we were drinking on the rocks at the distillery Need on the rocks and uh it was and then we tried a neat separately yeah. and it's the first gin I've ever had that I was like, I could drink this on the rocks mm -hmm. without anything. I it totally was, agree. It was actually really great. So yeah. so she'll be here. That'll be great. And then 1 to 3 o'clock, um, Ashton Cigars and our, our cigar ambassador, Jason Lois, will be out here. We've got a patio in our new store outside. Mm -hmm. People don't know that probably. It's an I outdoor it. patio. It's very nice. Um, we've partnered with Rocky Patel uh, brand. Uh, they'll be out later on in November. Uh, but tomorrow is going to be Ashton Cigars. So from 1 to 3, we'll be cutting and lighting Ashton Cigars. Some great specials on those. And so, I mean, where and anywhere can you go to a liquor store, get your beer, wine, spirits, walk into a humidor, <laughs> go into a bar, get a cocktail. and then go sit on a patio yeah, and drink exactly. a cocktail and smoke a cigar. Exactly. I mean, it's just, a, to me, you know, Brad and I are really excited just about the engagement and the customer experience now. Sure. Um, I think the biggest challenge for us is going to be how do we continue to execute all of this? <laughs> we're not we're not restaurateurs or we're, we're really not bartenders. We're, we, this sure. isn't that's not our line of business necessarily. Right. So, um, so it's kind of new to us, mm -hmm. uh, but it's exciting. It's a little nervous. Oh, I'm sure about it, but it's a it's it's a nervous excitement, and we're we're yeah. going to screw some stuff up, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, yes, somebody's going to let us know about it, and, sure. and and we look forward to that because that's that's how we're going to know. Yeah. Um, we are tapping on some experts. So we've got some expert bartenders and on-premise people who really know what they're doing, and they're already kind of looking at me saying, Chris, why would you design something this way? I'm like, I didn't, the architect did, but 
I did approve it, so yeah, you're, you're probably right. I didn't realize. I was happy when I, didn't I saw it. It looked good at the time. But, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting time for us in this store, and, and we're going to take what we, what we learn from here, and, and as we continue to improve stores and expand, yeah. we'll make adjustments. I think it's a great concept, and it's, it's launching here at this store first, but not far behind will be Beaumont Center and Hamburg. So we'll have representation in Lexington, representation here of uh, the ability to do some really cool things uh, with whiskey and cigars or cigars in general or whiskey in general. So I think it's pretty exciting. And to Chris's point, it's, a, it's, a, it's fertile territory for us. So I'm sure we'll step in a pothole here and there and <laughs> kind of shake our shoe off and like don't step sure. there again. But uh, I think it's really cool. It's, it's one of the things I'm most excited about is uh, so the last time I was here, which was Friday, I think it was Friday, they only had three of those shelves filled up with bottles. So when I walked in today, I saw you briefly, and I thought, there's Perry. So, but then I was like, whoa. They had, <laughs> they had the bottles to the ceiling on that bar, and I think it, I think it looks really cool. Yeah. It's probably a similar amount to um, what we had done in the past in Springer's because I think we had three cabinets crammed full of bottles. Terrible <laughs> presentation at the other one. But looking at it up there, I thought, you know what, this is a place, if I didn't work here, this is a place I would come a lot and look at these bottles and try some samples or have a full drink. Yeah. Go out and shop for all I want and head home. (laughs) My wife wouldn't like it, but I think it would be great. We got to talk about, real quick, these two. Yeah, I just had the other. Yeah. You you guys talk first. I know what I think. Well, for whatever, for me, for whatever reason, the, the slight sweetness and the spiciness is much more predominant yes. in the new bottle. Yeah, I think so, too. Than the old bottle. I, th- I think that the old bottle hasn't opened up as well. The old bottle, I will say, I, I don't know if yours might be a little colder than his. Or if it's been in your car, maybe. Because my first drink was a little cooler. And now that it's sitting here out in the open, I think, it, like, maybe it's just me today. But I think your bottle has actually opened up in the last minute or two more than it did my first, like the aroma coming out now is much more than when you first poured it. And I've always felt like cold bourbon, uh, and mostly from picking bourbon barrels yeah. on freezing cold days when you can see your breath in some of these barrel warehouses of like, it's just really restrained. And once it right. warms up, it opens up a little bit. Yeah. But I do think the Plus open bottle is a little more muted. That's kind of a generic term. Softer. Maybe. On the, on the nose, are you saying? Uh, all the or way just around. just kind of in general? All around. Okay. The nose, to me, was, was sweeter. But yeah. I think, uh, Chris's bottle. version, right out of the bottle, and he's spot on. The sweetness was a little more apparent, and then the spice at the end was a little quicker yeah. than yours. Yeah. I honestly... Both good. I, I prefer the, the fresh crack on this one. Perry, you're going to have to start drinking faster is what you're learning today. <laughs> You have 30 days to drink that bottle once you open it. Oh, Lord. It okay. is. You know what? It's an, interesting, it's an interesting thing. We went to Scotland four or five years ago, six years ago, and um, we'd been there for like a week. Mm-hmm. So we walked into a bar in this uh, little town, and I was like, oh, man. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Woodford Reserve. <laughs> and everybody was like drinking scotch. I was like, I need a little taste at home. So we went up there, and the Woodford Reserve bottle had maybe two inches in it. Wow. And I said, I'll take one of those. And he poured it, and let me tell you, it was terrible. <laughs> and I've had Woodford Reserve a trillion times since I've been there. So either two things happened. 
either they pulled a Scottish fast one and pulled whatever, poured whatever they wanted in that Woodford Reserve bottle over time. The trademark Or Scottish it had been one. sitting there. And I asked. I was just kind of like looking. I was like, hey, you know, how long have you had this? Oh, I've had it forever. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so it is completely oxidized. Or I don't know what you all are doing. So there's always, over the years, you've always read and seen, and everybody kind of debated, is how fast do you drink a bottle? When is it appropriate to hold on to it? When is it appropriate to kill right. it? And it, uh, I will tell you, just to try to make this middle ground at my house, when it gets to half, you get it to half, it's time to go. <laughs> so a lot of times I will open my bar up and look and think, okay, what is half full? What's below half full? And I start pulling from there just to avoid kind of the mentality of like, oh, I'm letting too much oxygen in it. And, you know, I bet if we had a round table of tasting panels from the distilleries and distillers and master tasters, we'd probably get 10 different answers. Uh, but I think it's an interesting comparison. It, it's the unopened bottle was a little more bold, a little more fresh. The open bottle was a little more subdued, but yeah, like my little almost empty version of yours smells great right now. <laughs> yeah. It may have just need a little time, but I think, I think both right. of it you were cooler. spot on. The first sip was cooler. Yep. I, I, yeah, I think that the nose on mine is a little better, but I think overall Chris's is the more well-balanced. The, the oak and spice is just so much more prevalent in the unopened yeah. bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go, very, folks, because science we've learned. <laughs> There's a very strong vanilla note, too, on the, on the nose on Chris's that I don't think is as prevalent on mine I'm, I'm laughing to myself a little bit because one we made the joke uh when we were at uh, corazon san mateus on tuesday of in the past certain people we've had different we've had new executives in the company different owners and a lot of times the first time they do a barrel pick with me brad how do you know that you're getting the barrel you chose in that bottle it's like, well, short of me showing up and walking it through the entire process, <laughs> I don't know. So when we were there, we had Bo Beckman, great guy. Love this guy. He's taking great care of us. Uh, really knows this stuff, especially on the barrels. And he said, well, here's your, here's your brimmerang barrels. And I was like, Bo, how do I know <laughs> that this is my Weller barrel that you put this tequila in? And we kind of laughed and chuckled about it, right? And that's the first thing I thought is like, how do we know these were actually the right barrels? <laughs> 100% they were the right barrels. I think it's just the difference in time. Um, oxygen. Sure. Yeah. How does your your personal drinking style go into the way that you choose barrels for barrel picks? I am wildly schizophrenic. <laughs> um, there's always one that I consider to be my favorite. And I do feel that I'm in position to pick... You know, if we're picking three barrels of something or five barrels of something, that I'm in a position of picking my favorite is going to happen. And mm-hmm. sometimes you may have been on one of them, and it's, you've been on a couple with us, that it, I'm just like, well, I'm here with representing Liquor Barn. Let me just tell you, this one's happening. Yeah. I don't care what the rest of you say. This one is showing up at Liquor Barn number one. <laughs> and, I, you know, if you know um, Jane from Maker's Mark, who is in charge of their barrel program, she's accused me of multiple times uh, in our – careers where we've crossed paths a bunch of times of having a winter whiskey palette 12 months a year <laughs> you know i'm ready for the sub-zero whiskey you know july 20th and the longer it's gone the more i'm like well maybe that's right i i, I sort of prefer the large bold spicy 
leather, tobacco, spice, long finish, <laughs> high proof. And I think, honestly, if you're in and you're learning this and you're, you're going through these people and you meet people that are drinking bourbon all the time, is as you get older, at least in your bourbon drinking process, you tend to want a higher proof as time goes on. You tend to want more spice yeah. as time goes on. And I have to stop and figure, um, I'm going to sidetrack here for a second. Trey Zoller kind of mind freaked me. I'm going to see him later today. Uh, will you tell him I said hello? I will. And so we were at the part we sidetrack number two. Jonathan <laughs> Blue, I have to say, has done a great job um, inspiring some of these renovations and new stores. And I, I love him for it. And what I was going to say is we remodeled the Party Mart on Brownsboro Road. It's got a new floor. It's got a new layout. It's got a new bar. They got a bourbon bar in there, growlers in there, all the cool stuff. So we did a kind of a re-grand opening there. And Trey was kind enough to come by just to kind of support the business. We've been friends for a long time. And so we were talking about a brand out uh, right now from another distillery. It's got a famous spokesperson. And um, we were looking at each other and we're like, yeah, this is pretty <laughs> smooth. This is pretty easy. You know, I could see why people like this. Sure. And a woman walked up that was with him and friends with someone else. And she was like, God, this is spicy. <laughs> this, this is, uh, man. So we looked at each other. And we just kind of started <laughs> laughing. And he goes, Brad. Both of our palates are completely blown. <laughs> I said, I looked at him like, you know, if you Trey, and he was like, no, 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 no. He goes, you, we're still tasting and getting all the things you get out of. He said, but it takes something a little bigger, a little spicier, a little bolder and stronger yeah. to show up in the prime spot on our radar. Right. Like, whoa, did you did you just taste that? And I so since then, like I said, he kind of mind freaked me. Ever since then, I've been like, man, am I, am I picking something too bold? Am I picking sure. something beyond what some people would like? You know, Jonathan says I like them hot and spicy. Uh, he, <laughs> I think he, he would admit it. He does, too. He writes down his picks in secret, and then I pick them, and then he shows me what he picked. And we, strangely enough, Jonathan Blue and I are aligned on barrel picks um, nine out of ten times. In fact, if he's listening, he, he probably doesn't even need me anymore. He could probably go do these things on his own and pick <laughs> what I'm going to pick. Um, but that, that's how I do it. And a lot of times, when I said wildly schizophrenic earlier, I go back and forth between picking what, if say we're picking five barrels of something. No, we're going to pick the best five, whether they're similar yeah. or not. These are, you know, if there's 10 barrels rolled out, this is what we think are one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. And then a few times you might say, you know what? This one might be number seven, but it's still really, really good. And it's a nice contrast. Right. To this other version. Well, the, the first pick that I was on with you, and Chris was there too, that was that Knob Creek pick. And I remember, you know, we were, we were all between two different Knob Creek barrels, two different Knob Creek bourbon barrels. And I just remember you looked at them and went, can we just, can we just take both? <laughs> <laughs> and then you did the exact same thing with the rye too, so. <laughs> uh, sometimes I get excited. Good is good. Uh, right? Good is good. And listen. We're not always, we, we could say a lot of things, and I'll just say this. We try hard to do a really good job selecting them. Yeah. Um, they're not always going to be, every time's not always going to be the greatest Blantons you ever had in your life, and you come back the next time, it's better than the time before, and you come back the next time, it's better than the time before. Sure. But I think that is also part of why you shop at Liquor Barn is our 
um, support of barrel programs that goes back into the early 2000s. Um, with all the distilleries, we were picking barrels when no one was picking barrels. We were picking barrels when a few people were picking barrels. So we have a large allocation of barrels that is based on two things. Some people, how do, you, how do they get this? Sure. Um, <laughs> one, it's chain sales. Right. Our chain yeah. sales feed these distilleries, and they do allocations based on that. Two, it's, um, you know, it's a really, I'm going to give you a kind of a bastardized version of an old saying. You dance on who you came to the ball with. And we were back there in time when people didn't want the barrels. We were there supporting. When people were barely doing things, we were there supporting. So a lot of distilleries still give us a little bit of love for that continued relationship, continued support. So you could come into Liquor Barn six times a year, seven times a year, and find different Blanton's picks. And it may, you might have two different ones on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, Same thing for Weller, Eagle Rare, Four Roses. So... Um, just because this Blanton's is not the best one you ever had, the next one might be. The next one (laughs) might be. And the one after that may not be. And the one after that might be. So, again, come full circle. I think that's part of Liquor Barn's um, one of our positives is that you can come throughout the year, get different barrel picks till you find the one you like. Unfortunately, these days, you know, three, four years ago, you could come back a couple weeks later, pick up that bottle again. You probably ought to go <laughs> to the parking so lot. You should go to the parking lot, take a small sip, and decide whether or not it is your nectar, and come back in. Um, otherwise, they'll be gone if you try to come back two days later. So, you know, I go through a lot of things on how we pick them. But, uh, yeah. uh, again, I either go for what I think is the best, or if we've got something really cool happening on a, a contrast, um, we did to, I can't think of who it was. It was Four Roses, actually. And they were sister barrels. Same day, same place. Everything was the same. Wow. But there were very noticeable differences between the two barrels. Sure. And a huge debate ensued. Which one do we pick? And we said, you know what? We're just going to take both of them. <laughs> they're both good. They're, they're, they're both good in their own right, and they're not the same yeah. thing. Uh, and so as much as it seems like a retail trick, buy both of them. No, 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 really, it's cool. Buy both of them and try them. <laughs> uh, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised when you do things like yeah. that. So. Yeah. Chris, how have you found that your, not just your, the entirety of Liquor Barn's customer base has responded to barrel picks? I mean, do they seem to crave Liquor Barn barrel picks more so than, say, a standard bottling of them or is it on par or you know yeah it's it's a good question brad and i have talked about this quite a bit lately um we've seen an uptick in barrel pick sales as far as the speed or velocity that they turn yeah some of them won't last an hour or two (laughs) and i will tell you that that three years ago it was a few days Sure. Right. So even in just a few years, we've gone from two, three, four days on hand. Like to his point, you could come back and grab another bottle if you decided you liked it. To the point where now it's you, you better grab it and grab as many as we allow you to grab <laughs> when you have an opportunity. Right. Um, because of the of the demand for them, and I know not all the other our competitive retailers kind of experience that. Uh, I'm sure it's faster for them as well, but I think. You know, and, you know, compliments to Brad that he, he doesn't just pick stuff for his palate. He picks yeah. stuff that he knows is just a really good pick and right, that yeah. people are going to like. 
And not everyone's palate's the same. Not everyone's going to love something. But I think the proof is in the results, which is a few hours and they're gone. Yeah. Um, I've, I've not seen people line up for, for barrel picks until the last few years. <laughs> and now we have crowds of guys hanging out, and ladies as well, hanging sure. out because they have somehow found out our barrel picks are hitting for the day. And so... To me, that that just that's the, all the proof we need. But to answer your question, it's it's just faster. I mean, yeah. there's the, the demand has quadrupled, uh, maybe tenfold, in the, just the last two two and a half three years. Right. I think as uh, and we may have discussed this before. I think as the bourbon consumer in Kentucky has uh, accelerated their knowledge that the average bourbon consumer in Kentucky knows a little bit more than the average bourbon consumer anywhere else. Sure. So it used to be barrel picks were known by the, the real enthusiasts, the real guys that read everything, tried everything, collected everything. Right. And over time, that information and feeling has been kind of filtering downward. And there was a time when probably the average bourbon consumer was like, well, what are the guys right on top of me drinking? Oh, man, they're drinking a store pick Eagle Rare. Or they're drinking this barrel-proof Four Roses. Right. So I think the average bourbon consumer in Kentucky now knows – whether it's liquor barn or anywhere else, that store picks are to be acquired and consumed or saved or both. Sure. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, there are brands now that I love and have always loved and would drink as much as I could drink that I'd be like, man, you know, how is this barrel pick still here like a month later that now are gone in a week? Sure. Um, and I thought, well, and you start feeling you kind of have like a proud moment, and then you're just kind of like, well, What's it going to be a year from now? Um, <laughs> we do a release every weekend, stagger all your barrel picks right. out. But, by right. by the way, our allocations on the barrels are, are better, believe it or not. Sure, yeah. And, they, and they're not for most. Probably should have just said that. But, <laughs> um, and we still can't meet the demand. Right. So, you know, we're, you know they're getting more and more scarce. Yeah. I mean, and, and to add to that, the amount of uh, customers who want to buy their own barrel the amount of independent bourbon sure. groups that are buying their own barrel or Facebook groups that are buying their own barrel has increased as well. So I think everybody knows that a barrel pick from anyone in any state is a chance to try something unique and a little bit different and off the cuff than what you're getting yeah. off the shelf every day. Yeah. It really is great to see, though. I mean, it's exciting for bourbon. It's, it's obviously exciting for us. Yeah. Um, it's fun to go out there with Brad and... Yes, it is. And have a good time. and Yes, it is. I've <laughs> <laughs> got a few more trips coming up that will be exciting. And, and uh, If they what? ended barrel picks, I would probably change careers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no more barrel picks. All right. Well, you, you've been doing barrel picks for 20 years. In one form or another. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing them as the primary selector for 12 years. Right. Okay. And then I participated prior to that uh, with a man named Jim Watts. Uh, taught me a lot of things back in the day from the original liquor barn company. And, you know, he, he, he picked a Van Winkle barrel when they were still doing that way, way back in the day. And I remember going with him to Buffalo Trace, and we, um, there was a time, there was a glorious time that every bottle, let me back up a step, we always had Blanton's every day. Every day <laughs> on the shelf was Blanton's. And every bottle of Blanton's we sold was picked as a barrel. Uh, every bottle of Hancock's sold out of here was picked as a barrel. So I started going with him to participate in those a little bit sure. and kind of got my feet wet a little bit. So it's something I've always loved. It's something I 
love to do and would do every day if I could. Yeah. Um, probably lead to a few problems in my life if I pick barrels every day. <laughs> um, so that'd be a thing. But uh, you do it a lot. I've done it a lot, and you do it a lot. You really come to appreciate the differences. And over, you know, it doesn't ever change. Over decade plus, sometimes I'm still blown away yeah. by certain differences and nuances on some brands that you get out of some of these single barrels. Sure. So how has your... How has your process changed in that time then in terms of picking? I mean, obviously, you we'll know, need three more podcasts for that. <laughs> um, I would, you know, I, I still remember being a little bit nervous. Uh, we had some transitions that went on. They said, oh, you're going to take this new role. And as soon as I took a new role, I had a great guy, goes by the nickname of Tree, is uh, John Variki, really tall. Uh, that's why I got that nickname. Okay, I was going to say, um, where did that But come he from? covered Buffalo, Sazerac. Uh, for the state of Kentucky for a long time, uh, from its inception, from its launch until maybe five years ago. Wow. And so he called me immediately. You got to get out here tomorrow, Brad, and pick some Blantons and Hancocks and Elmer and these things. And I was like, okay. So I did it, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to do every barrel pick. I'm going to take every barrel pick. I'm going to find every barrel pick, and that's what we're going to be known for. Um, And so I do do have a, a small amount of pride uh, we were back there chasing that stuff around when it wasn't quite what it is today. Um, you know, I, uh, Chris gets on me a little bit here and there. I like to see the barrels. <laughs> I, like to, I like to see what they look like. I like to see if the lid is warped. I like to yeah. see if there's a crack in a stave. Are there two cracks on each side of the bunghole? How heavy, how heavy is the barrel? How concentrated is the barrel? What do they look like side by side? Um, those are things I do take into account every time now. Uh, the only thing that's changed now is trying to consider other people. You know, is somebody else going to want to drink this? And I have to say that I think now I might be a little more collaborative. I <laughs> might listen to other people more than I used to. And if anybody out there has gone with me, I think they might agree. A lot of times if, there's a, if it's just me, I am going to swoop in, taste them, smell them, drink them, and pick what I like and what I want to do. If I've got a group of three, four, five guys, I'll say a few things, sort of keep what I think to myself, and I'll st- you've seen this, I'll start asking questions. Yeah. What did you think about this? Why do you like this? And I can tell you there are a lot of times where maybe I like one, three, and five, but everybody else likes one, three, and seven. And I will give everyone the chance to convince me that seven is better than five. And probably half the time I change my mind. Um, you know, you see a group of people, and it's not just me, that this is what other bourbon enthusiasts like. Therefore, we should try it. So that, that, that's probably my um, – not being a selfish bastard is probably my main advancement <laughs> on this in the last couple of years. You know, to that point, though, let, you just sparked something in my head that – we don't always have a form to communicate this. And, I mean, Perry, you've been with us before mm-hmm. um, and know how we like to treat our customers and treat our partners. And here's what's amazing is that Brad absolutely, even in, th- you know, three years ago, he probably wasn't as open to some people's <laughs> thoughts and opinions on some of these picks. But we were, as an organization, our culture, we've kind of shifted as well. 
and we really listen to our customers. We're going to screw some, something up sometimes. We're going to do something, and, and sometimes we need to be called out for it, and that's, that's how we learn. By the way, it's never on purpose. <laughs> I mean, believe me, we've done a few things here. What was the one thing we did that I came walking out, back out in the park, and I was shaking my head saying, boy, that was not a good decision. Why would we have thought that was going to be a good decision? I don't remember. <laughs> it was some way we decided to do a, a release. Oh, I think it, was, it wasn't the Easter egg hunt. Because treasure we actually hunt. got real, it was the treasure, it's hunt. treasure hunt. That was a disaster. <laughs> you know, it, it sounded like a great idea at the time, and as I watched it happen, I was like, "This is horrendous. This is absolutely <laughs> the worst possible thing we could have ever done to our customers, and the worst thing we could have ever done to our employees." You sure that the Easter egg hunt so, wasn't a the Easter egg hunt? We actually <laughs> got a lot of, we actually got a lot of good of feedback on that. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's coming back, but. But but the the long the, the, to the to the point here is that we it's an amazing experience to get to go do barrel picks. Right. The first time I ever got to do a barrel pick with Brad was not just educational, but it's truly an experience if you're an enthusiast. And so many people don't get a chance to do it. And we want to invite our best people, our partners, our business, not just our business partners, but just people that we know right. support us, yeah. our best customers. Um, people that we know treat the organization have remained loyal to us. Yeah. Um, who who do appreciate our barrel pick, you know, program and the fact that they know that in a lot of ways, Brad Liquor Barn and the distillers were kind of like the innovators of this. Yeah. It wasn't the competitors out there doing. They're the ones that jumped on it four or five years ago and said, <laughs> "Oh, I think I think this might be a good idea to participate." Sure. Right. And um, there are a lot of people that do know that and stick with us. Those are the folks that we want to bring out with us to experience it, yeah. and people who aren't in the industry. Um, and so whether you're a, a great customer of ours or whether you're, you're just someone who helps us with, with marketing or any kind of business partnerships, I mean, the, the, what I'm ultimately saying is you should probably be nice to your local liquor store. <laughs> that's, that's how you get invited to these things. If, I mean, uh, Brad it's not just I, us. It's, he's, he's spot I'm, on I'm with that. I'm telling you right now yeah. that there's people we don't even know that we've seen on social media come to our defense. And by the way, if people think we mm -hmm. don't monitor all that, of course we do. That's how we learn. That's, how our, that's some, some of our best feedback. Sure. Which all the beating we took over the treasure hunt, <laughs> I, I sat there and just kind of took it and said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> Thank you, you know sir. I mean? May I have another? I mean, it was terrible. Um, and I mean, our egos are not so big. I think, no, that's just how it is, and we're the bosses of the... We have the most bourbon, so you just have to deal with yeah. it. That's not actually how we look at it. Yeah. But what we do know is that there are people that have come to our defense and said, listen, I know these guys. They didn't do that on purpose. Or some of them don't know us at all and say, do you really think Liquor Barn really thought that was going to... I really think they probably thought that was a good idea. <laughs> kind of a, what is the big deal? And who, who told you that you were, like, the master of all right. bourbon, right? Right. And we have actually reached out, and those are some of the people that we've said, you know what, we appreciate that. By the way, we screwed up. They're right. Sure. But we appreciate your support. You're clearly uh, someone who's, who's remained loyal to us. Um, come to a barrel pick with us. <laughs> you know, come to meet me at the store, and I'm going to walk you into our secret stash, and you can buy whatever you want. Pick a bottle. There's nothing off limits, maybe except the 25-year pappy or something, right? <laughs> but, I mean, you, you know, these are, we want to take care of people. We right. want to take care of our customers. And that's the one thing that I was taught a long time ago is that, you know, it's the vinegar and, you know, it's the whole conversation. Sure. Like, what are yeah. you going to – what's the better way to get what you probably need? Right. Troll somebody 
unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, you can email me directly and say, I've got a real problem with this. And there are customers that we've won over. Sure. There's a guy that emails Brad and I, I think, monthly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the relationship At started least. from a complaint. Sure. And he was just so pleased that we would both take the time to respond and say, you're right. We're trying our best to get this corrected. Yeah. Thank you for letting us know. And he, by the way, as a token of our, you know, just so you know that we're serious about trying to fix this, we'd love to meet you. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, come, come to a barrel pick with us. Yeah. And it's those kind of people that just want to be adults and get with us and say, hey, I got some feedback for you. You may right. not like it, but I got some feedback for you. Um, that's what we really, appre- we appreciate that. Yeah. And we're going to reward that. Sure. Um, and well, so, good. and that's what people, I think that's what people have to understand. I, I, I really don't understand when people start just attacking us if they think we're going to call them up and say, you know what, you're right. We're, we are as dumb as you say we are. <laughs> and we're as evil as we, you say we are. We have no Why don't reason you come to be out in this position. Let me, no, I mean, we really, we, we really do want to please everybody. And, we try. And we still try to. Yeah. At the end of the day, we, we obviously can't. But um, we, we really strive to. But, <laughs> um, but reach out to us. We're readily available. Yeah. People who shop our stores know that Brad and I and the rest of our leadership team, we're in the stores all the time. Yeah. So we're at our events all the time. Yep. So if you got some, and believe me, people do find me at our events <laughs> and say, hey, I didn't really like this so much. Or sometimes it's the opposite, which is this is how you should do this. Right. So we want that feedback. We want to know. Um, and you never know, Perry, you might get rewarded for just being nice about it. I would say this, um, and one thing I've learned over the years and increasingly in the last few years is we are responsive. Yeah. If you email us, we're going to email you back. If you post on social media and you're not a humongous jerk, you're going to get a reply. You know, if you're trolling us about something, uh, I'll never forget. We, we did a charity event I think we raised $12,000 for, was it Dare to Care? It was veterans. It was veterans. We're presenting a check, and we had two guys just trolling us about Van Winkle on a Facebook post. Yeah, that's great, but what about Van Winkle? Those guys, not sure they're going to get a ton of responses from us because that's, in my opinion, is an inappropriate forum for complaining about a bourbon release when we're trying to – support our military sure. or support this group or support yep. that group. But other than that, you're going to get a response on our social media. You're going to get a response from an email and I'll do it right now. My email is bwilliams at liquorbarn.com. Email me. I will tell you whatever I can tell you. I will get with Chris to solve your complaint. If Chris gets the complaint, he'll call me, email me, walk in my office and we can do the same thing. So, you know, I, and I think we've made a lot of positive changes based on feedback. I monitor every bourbon group I'm in on Facebook. Yeah. I monitor Twitter for what people are saying. And do we always change what we're doing because of what we read? No, but we'll talk about it. We'll sure. bring it up in marketing means maybe I brought up um, hot topic. I brought up the people that just drop the chairs in the lines and then walk away from their chair. <laughs> Is that fair? Is it not fair? What, who polices? Do we police that? Do other people police that? So are we going to do something about it tomorrow? Probably not. But we, we do read it and acknowledge that it's happening and trying to figure out what sure. is the best way to handle that, which is to a benefit to the guys that aren't just dropping a chair and walking yeah. away for nine hours. Yeah. Well, you guys have kind of uh, already wrapped up how I was hoping to wrap up, and that was, you know, asking you guys, how can they actually get in contact with you? So there you go. You handled that. But I do have one last question for you guys. So recently, 
Uh-oh. One of, one of our favorite bottles uh, has been discontinued by Heaven Hill, and that's Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond Six Year. And there is only one store that carries this particular bottle that I have considered my replacement for it. And I don't want to give them my business. I want to give you guys my business. So can you please start carrying T.W. Samuels Bottled and Bond? It's another Heaven Hill product. Please. I, would, I will give you <laughs> a 90% yes until the news comes out next week they're discontinuing this. <laughs> uh, uh, you guys don't have to say yes or no right for now. For you, I Perry, anything. <laughs> Where do you want it? Uh, Hamburg, Lexington. Beaumont? Anywhere in Lexington. North probably, Broadway. Probably Beaumont. Beaumont Center, T.W. Samuels, Bottle and Bond, 100 Proof, Perry Ritter Special at Beaumont Center. You got it. On that, on that plastic bottle, there's going to be a nice little tag with my name on it. We're just, I, we just want a picture of you for a shelf talker with like a, a <laughs> wink and a thumbs up. Yeah, you know what? Like... It's, uh, I will tell you this. Over the years, you know, I tend to go upward, and the only way I learn about some of these things is from you guys. Sure. Following Facebook, following the trade magazines, different things, and say, you know what? I'll just tell you 100%. T.W. Samuels, Ball and Bond, the only other time I've seen this is when you posted about it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'll take that in consideration. We'll put it yeah. in some stores. Maybe not just Beaumont. Maybe a few. It's been uh, years since I had that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're, try it. we're about to, <laughs> we're about to solve that, Chris. That's how, that's how we'll uh, close out the show then. And the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond thing is amazing to me. Um, and I kept thinking it was recent, but it's not. I'd be like, man, this is all the way up to number 30 this week and all our stuff. And so we always compare against last year. Sure. And I'm like, what was it last year? Number 400? It's like, no, last year it was number 65. <laughs> so it was, it was a, a very stealthy pour. It's always been very A very good. stealthy success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Chris and Brad, I just want to say thank you all so much for being on the show, hanging out with me, chatting about Liquor Barn and all the good things that you guys have coming up. Um, thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Absolutely. Appreciate your time You know how well. to find us. Yeah. I do you know, know my that. email. And your phone number. Wait, my phone number. Yeah. <laughs> got our email and phone number. I didn't give my email, by the way. Just send it all to Brad. <laughs> Chris's email is I'm, girlboss I'm at AOL.com. Just to, just to be fully transparent, I'm happy to get my email out. It's chris.edgerton, E-D-G-E-R-T-O-N, at liquorbarn.com. It's Scottish. If you've ever met me. You don't look very Scottish. It's Korean Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy haggis. If there's such, if there's such oh. a thing, but uh, no, we're we're happy to, yeah. to hear from customers and hear from the public. And, yeah, and, well, I know uh, the people we'll do appreciate our best. that too. We'll do our best. Yeah. So uh, if you want to follow up with the show, uh, we are at my bourbon pod on Instagram, <coughs> Facebook, and Twitter. If you would like to become a patron of the show, you can head to Patreon.com/slash/MyBourbonPodcast for as little as a dollar a month. Questions, comments, uh, use this my bourbon shop at gmail.com. And then find our apparel and merch at uh, bourbonshop.threadless.com. I couldn't remember it first. Are you sure about that? Yes, I am. I am sure about it now that I've really thought about it. Uh, Five-star rate and review on iTunes. We really appreciate you guys listening. We will see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my Bourbon Podcast.